Hello, friends. Welcome to the After Hours Lounge. Welcome back. If you are a regular listener, my name is Sandy. Uh, I am your host. I'm sorry. It's been a couple of weeks since my last episode. Um, but pretty much if you've been in the UK or for my listeners in the UK, you will know that we were hit by a pollen bomb. Uh, we had some some real bad pollen everywhere. My hay fever was really bad. And I thought, actually, the last thing uh, you listeners are going to want to listen to is me snotting all over a microphone, which I'm going to try not to do today. Um, it's not too bad. But yeah, I am joined by a uh, fellow kind of, I suppose, Instagram mental health advocate, all that kind of thing. I'm, I'm not sure where else, but there's definitely a kind of community uh, of us now. Uh, was put in touch um, with this person through my very good friend, uh, Alex Bruce. Regular listeners of the podcast will know him. He's a, a regular guest on as well. Uh, yeah, an eco, eco warrior uh, and one of my best friends. But yeah, put me on too. Uh, well, the bookish mindset is what I knew you as for ages, but now I know you as uh, Nikki Jones. Nikki, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much as well. It's a pleasure. No, I, I, yeah, we've, we've kind of been talking about this for a little while and so sort of making it happen. Then you messaged me sort of saying, actually, I've I've listened to the I've actually listened to the podcast now because you joined our Instagram lives and stuff over lockdown yeah. at the start of the year. And um, yeah, we it, it's kind of been a, a long time coming and you were like, I think, you know, yeah, some, some stuff to say. And obviously, you know, uh, Ed from A Need to Read as well, who I've had on the podcast, who does some kind of similar stuff to you. So can you, um, well, this is the first time we've ever actually met in person. So can you give <laughs> give myself and the listeners a little bit of kind of the who, who you are, what you do treatment? Absolutely. So hi, I'm Nikki. Um, uh, yeah, I'm on the South Coast with, with you, Sandy. So we're all down here. There is a lovely little community. The, uh, the accent's from up north. So if it gets a little bit dodgy at times, you can't understand, that's fine. Just interrupt me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I started something called the Bookish Mindset during lockdown. It kind of started in November last year, but really kicked off in February. Um, and what the Bookish Mindset is, is a monthly book subscription box, but with a little bit more. Each month I create a new box, which has a book two gifts from small businesses and a tea as well because I love a cup of tea and a book. <laughs> <laughs> the books are always bought from my local independent bookshop Pigeon Books who I will absolutely mention here if that's okay. Um, absolutely. Because I love them to bits and the two other gifts yep they're small businesses they're all UK based as well. Alex and his straws have been in there as well. Yeah. Brilliant. And yeah the tea's actually from Bird and Blends your Brighton so keeping it as close as possible. But yeah I'm um, I started it. I've always been a reader. I'll put that out there. I know you've had Ed on and I don't know him personally, but I've listened to his podcast and love that as well. I've always been a reader. I've always been that bookworm uh, right. as a kid. Just always loved it. I think as a kid, I know you, you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Um, I always loved Lord of the Rings. I've, you know, I read my mum's old copies that are falling oh. apart. Yeah. Um, so I used to read a load of fantasy or, you know, from as early as I could read, I was reading and reading far too old you know for my age but yeah and that that theme's kind of changed as I've got older I read different things um but yeah certainly the last year my friends know that I read a lot um and they'll come to me ask for recommendations or if I've read something great I need to tell everyone about it I need to tell someone I need to talk about this book I read something great so I'll constantly be telling anyone that will listen anyone that I know as a reader oh my god you need to read this book um and they'll come to me as well which is great and that finding books for people that they love ignite some sort of spark in me that is me at my happiest if someone comes back to me and go oh my god I love that book you recommended that is brilliant that just oh, sets my heart alight um <laughs> so yeah that's sort of one reason it started the second is sort of through lockdown um I've moved to Portsmouth about oh god five six seven 
years ago and not long enough to not know a lot of the small businesses around us um right. and yeah so sort of when we could only go out once a day for a walk and I was just sort of finding all these incredible small businesses that were were going under awful circumstances and it was huge sort of inspiration to go these these guys these businesses are incredible and they're still going they're still pushing mm. um and certainly from the from my point of view there's so many that I found that I didn't I wouldn't have known about necessarily without being part of the community either from walking around in Southsea or you know on Instagram which is huge for things like that and and that kind of combination and then Pigeon Books opened up our first independent bookshop in Portsmouth opened up so they've been going a year now so they opened up in lockdown all of that kind of culminated into a I could do this kind of stuff like you know um and it kind of very organically grew as that and then, yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realise, I thought you'd been doing it for quite a while. Um, no. I, thought, I thought it had been, been something that you'd, you know, to start a, a couple of years ago or something. That's really impressive that you, you only started. I think, I think that's, that's happened a lot. And I've said this on, on previous Amazing. podcasts, and it, it's actually been one of the amazing things to come out of everything horrible that's happened in the last year. But there have been these amazing stories of people being like, oh, do you know what? I've, I've got a real passion for something, and I'm going to actually try and, do something with it whether it is you know like yourself like i'm gonna create an instagram page or i'm gonna start a podcast or i'm gonna try and start a little you know business on the side whether it's printing t-shirts or or books or or anything i think you know food it's been really cool to see people being like actually i'm just gonna try something and it doesn't i think what i talk about a lot is there's two different types of motivation you've got intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and yeah a lot of people are realizing that intrinsic motivation is more important which is the motivation of like it's not you're not doing it because it makes you money or anything like you're doing it because it makes you happy totally totally we were we were so tied before Mm. many of us were to being like even if you weren't yeah even if you weren't part of the rat rat race you were still like i need to you know i work monday to friday and when i get home i you know I'm, i'm tired whereas now Perhaps maybe people working from home or even when people go back to the office, hopefully they're still going to be like, no, I'm, I'm doing an Instagram live on this thing that I've started or, you know, um, it, it, agree more. Yeah. it's been it's been really, really great to see. Um, it definitely resonates with me. I'm engineering background, did read engineering through uni, did a master's. That yeah. is part of my brain. And that sort of wow. comes across with my lists and the anal organisation. I love it. I'm a project manager and I used to work in cars and I work in medical. I'm going back to automotive. I absolutely love it. And the stress, right. I, I thrive on that stress. And that is an odd thing to say, I realise. <laughs> it's a special kind of person that says, I love the stress and the pressure. But for me, these boxes, that, I need that creative outlet. Yeah. It was giving me that that's so different. And going forward, I don't know how this is going to provide. This is our fifth month, which is exciting that we've got to month five. But yeah, it's not, I think, well, I always wanted to do engineering the whole of my life known that's what I want to do bang 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 I was that kind of stuff and had the 10-year plan and now I go hold on do I really want to do that I think lockdown allowed a lot of us to slow down and go huh is this really what I want what do I really want out of life I'm slowing down enough to stop um so yeah yeah you do I think it's just it's just yeah, I mean, it, this may be cliche to say, but, it, you know, it, it has just hugely changed our perspective. And for me, it's been so awesome. I mean, I I oddly made this enormous change to my life in September 2019. I quit my job and redesigned everything where I lived my life and was like, right, I'm going to pursue, you know, what, what I'm doing now. And then two and a half months later, I started the podcast and stuff. So 
it's funny that I did it like just before. And it's not like being like, oh, you're all copying me because it wasn't me. It was the global <laughs> fucking pandemic. But it, it's been it's been really cool to see others be like, oh, well, I've, and some of them have even been got to the point where they're like, I quit my job. And now I do this, you know, full time. And Absolutely. It's, it's been really cool to see. Yeah. Well, clearly, clearly you are far too intelligent to be, to be talking to me. So I apologize, Nick, if you're yeah, reading and, <laughs> and, and engineering and all that stuff. But going, going, going back to the, the read, you know, you were always a reader and things mm. like that. It's really interesting because I was as well as a kid. And then I think I, like everyone, you know, got to that point where you're kind of 13 or something and suddenly reading stops being cool. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder what you think about that. And then adding on to that, if that's all right, maybe this is a long question, but adding, adding on to that, I feel like that happens more in boys than in girls as well. Because reading essentially... I remember as a teenager or coming into being a teenager and I was like, I still like, I love reading Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. But I was like, hang on a minute. Reading's not cool anymore. And I was like, I need to be, you know, (laughs) reading's like what? Yeah. We get puberty and everything hits. Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, exactly. And and yeah, I I just remember I, I stopped. And then again, another reason why I was really interested to get you on the podcast is it's actually only really been in the last six months that I've started to read again. So I've gone yeah. from 13 to 29, having not really read any books, Yeah, you know? Um, Which is totally yeah. fine. Let's Absolutely. Just you had life to live in between it, you know. I'm not here to shame people for reading, for not reading, for anything. That is not me. I just like talking about books <laughs> at any given opportunity. So I've, I've got an interesting perspective on this. Is this probably, I'm probably in an anomaly here. So... I definitely felt the same. I think there was at some point in high school, so yeah. I'm saying sort of early high school, that I definitely stopped reading as much. And there was definitely a point, and I can't think age-wise, where I picked it up again. Um, and then uni for me hit, and I don't, yeah, uni for me hit, and then you, you struggle to read anything that's not course-related because you feel like you're wasting time. So I think right. even through uni, I don't think I read that much, but then coming out of uni is a different matter. But I think... I think that hits at 13 at that kind of age and you're finding you go from primary school and that's a huge change going to high school that's massive you're in a different whole of the world and puberty you know (laughs) that's gonna hit differently boys versus girls that's an interesting one I was always a little bit tomboy-esque and you might have guessed that from the engineering um Mm. heavily influenced by my wonderful parents um my my parents have always been readers they were not pushy in terms of you must read you know they're not that kind of parents but they've always been readers so I'd see them read and I was sort of I guess influenced by them I've got mm. younger brothers and sisters who are not readers at all so it wasn't something that was forced I will say that sorry mom um, <laughs> but um I've gone off a tangent here reading yeah and so I always read I've read a lot of stuff I would say is Tom by more fantasy stuff definitely yeah Lord of the ring um Artemis Fowl oh, it's one of my favorite things um but then yeah high school and I went to an all-girls school Simply because it was there and in the area and it was a great school. The boys' school was across the road. But, I, but that's a very different school experience than a mixed yeah, school. Right? Because, and I've got some great friends that I'm still friends with from there. But it's, and they would admit it too, it's quite bitchy and it's quite catty. And there is a need to conform. And I'm sure it's the same with guys and all guys school. But I definitely at puberty, oh, high school, I keep saying puberty. I've said puberty far too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I found high school, it's very much there's a need to fit in and a need to conform. And yeah. while people might 
be readers it's a bit more secretive because yeah it's the it's the nerds and the nerds that get beaten up not necessarily physically beaten up but you know it's, people are excluded and it was very my high school experience was very clicky um and if you didn't fit in that was it you're excluded. you know it's a funny one but I don't know about the boys versus girls I definitely can't comment on that but I definitely think reading patterns shift yeah and I think when I picked it back up maybe it was sixth form and there was a little bit of feeling like I could be a bit more myself and then I started reading a little bit more but then exams um yeah my reading changed and I think I sort of sixth form I went more rom-com face again right. and then after uni um sort of in life more rom-com I've only been sort of reading non-fiction for the last five or so years so I think everything changes as you, as you grow and as you learn but yeah definitely agree with something hits around high school I think there's a lot of peer pressure I think there's a lot of pressure to conform well, you, yeah, and, you know it's kind of like good and bad isn't it because obviously oh, you're, you know it's not it, it, as you said your whole like like you know suddenly like of an evening when you're in primary school or whatever it's not like you can just like wander out and this is me I grew up in a small town in the highlands of Scotland where the doors were left unlocked all the time so it wasn't yeah. like I, you know I was allowed out and stuff but it's still different to when you're 14 or whatever and you're like right I'm going out with my mates and stuff you don't do that when you're a younger kid so mm. and you have to spend those evenings doing something else what would be yourself. really interesting yeah. is to know what young people in in like 10 years or whatever what the young people now are going to be like given that they've got way more distractions I mean I, I don't I don't know how old you are but because I'm 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 I'm, oh, I'm 30 in I'll August I'm, I'm, thir <laughs> I'm 30 in August so yeah I mean when I was you know, I didn't get a phone until I was 13. And even then it was like a brick Nokia, mm. you know, whatever. 10 I. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm only a couple of years younger. So yeah, I just yeah. grew up without social media distractions, mostly through primary school and high school. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't have. Totally you know, different world. Yeah. yeah so I, I remember one, one thing, weirdly, what, one thing I have always uh, carried on doing is reading magazines. And mm. in, interestingly enough, like magazines I've read every time, because I spent many years traveling as well. Every time I got on a plane, I'd buy a magazine. You know, I've always read yeah. that. But I remember, I think, I don't, I think because I left it a few years. And then when I became an, an adult, uh, 18, 19 or whatever, and started traveling and things. One, I was traveling and living out of a bag. So I was like, well, I can't bother with a book. And then mm. two, I think I just found, I looked them and I was like, I was just, it's odd. It's, it's almost intimidating in a way, looking at a book. I think sometimes, because oh, really? you walk into like, you know, a, a bookshop I'm, I'm i'm just going to keep using it as the, the airport because that's the only time i ever really looked at books but i'd like you know go in and you look and you're like there is a thousand books in here. Totally, and i'm like yeah. what what do i want and yeah it's it's been really difficult but yeah i wonder i wonder what people are going to be like in it in a few years when they've had mm. they've grown up being able to look at social media and all this um instead of actually sitting sitting and reading lord of the rings when they're younger you know Exactly. Yeah. No, take it. It'll be very, very interesting to see. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be, yeah. especially things like Lord of the Rings and, you know, fantasy things, because that that was what really grabbed me. And, and I'll, I'll fully like, yeah. I, you know, I loved like it was the movies first. Like, I saw I saw the Fellowship of the Ring as a nine, 10 year old kid. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And this is, I, you know, grew up when I was five years old, everyone else was doing whatever. I was watching Star Wars, like somehow I got Star Wars at a very young age. But and then Lord of the Rings, I saw it and I was like, what is this? And then I read the books when I was that age and I don't think I understood any of it. And then I read them 
I read them two or three more times every year after that because I was like every year I felt like I was like oh I understand a bit more I understand yeah. a bit more I, I love that yeah so and then I ended up doing when I was in sort of 15 16 I ended up doing my kind of book report thing whatever for your GCSEs I did that on on uh, Return of the King um, I heard I love that I love that so much yeah <laughs> yeah I I, come back to them so often I think that's really special well for me I, I've always and it's something I've said in, in podcasts previously, I've always been a big one for like escape, escapism and like Absolutely. getting out. And for mm. me, for me, that's what, I think that's what I realized books are for me. Um, and I feel like we're, we're maybe skipping ahead, but actually it, it's fine. But like what, what something I said before we hit record, one of the big things I wanted to talk about was the fact that reading and to a certain extent films as well, but films, especially these days, you can sit on your phone in front of them. Um, but reading just pulls you into another world and you have to focus. Cause if you don't focus, you, you get half the page down and you go, Oh shit, I don't know what's going on. I need to go back. Totally. You know, it's not yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely different experience. And I don't read anymore. I listen, I listen to books. So I listen, I go for a walk and I so do the same thing, but even then sometimes I'll completely go them out and I'll have to rewind it. Yeah. Um, but that, that's what it was always, that's what it always was for me. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think I just kind of transitioned into, uh, movies being that when i was when i when i became an adult and then as i said it's only in the in the last year um that's done it i mean is that is that a similar experience to you that that kind of escapism and you know leaving i guess leaving this world for lack of a better term <laughs> totally I, I i totally agree um escapism a huge thing and i think it's both fiction and non-fiction it's very easy to say escapism is fiction especially your fantasy genres mm you know definitely because it is a whole new world it forces you to imagine and put yourself in that new world and you're taking in information and it's completely different um but i think just to contrast that i think non-fiction could be totally like that as well non-fiction isn't just about education you can have memoirs and i don't just mean biographies of celebrities that have been on a couple of shows and done nothing but memoirs of people that have lived totally different lives in your lives that you couldn't ever picture yourself in but they tell it like a story so that is sometimes just as immersive yeah and escapism and you're totally right books demand your attention yeah once you start reading it especially if it's a good book <laughs> now granted there's some <laughs> god awful things out there but if it's a good book and it grabs you you don't want to put it down you don't there's and your phone's on silent you know you don't want to put it down they absolutely can demand it demands your attention and keep you from being distracted I think also just skipping points as well I think that's why reading can be so good for mental health because it stops you thinking about anything else yeah because as soon as you start thinking about anything else you're not reading anymore yeah. reading multitasking isn't really a thing because you're having to look up from the tv into the book into the tv and you're not really doing either one it really grabs you and it stops you doing anything else I think that's why it can be so good for mental health for me I definitely suffered with anxiety a lot through uni and it's getting better but it still rears its ugly head right and for me it's sort of an overthinking panic and reading like con consistently I don't mean like reading all day because that would be great <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. reading consistently enough that if you know 10 15 half, half an hour a day there's time in the day that my brain stops and slows down and I will get lost in a book and that by the time I've put the book down for you know either to go to bed or to do whatever after I'm at a slower pace and I can process information better and not overthink and panic so I think just to go back yeah escapism definitely but I think that's across the board um 
I definitely started with fantasy because of that, because it was exciting as a kid. Your imagination is yeah. wild. And totally, that's definitely the same with films. Absolutely. But I, yeah, now with technology where you've got phones that are constantly bleeping, they're less, mm. films may be less of a bullet or less in the cinema. And again, it's completely exactly. immersive. You know, yeah. um, I've recently just gone back. I just read the first fantasy book I've read in a while and I'm obsessed again. I'm obsessed. It had a, a map in the front and I love that we oh, have yeah. a map. How great. I love that. that. There's <laughs> nothing better than a map in the front of a book. So, I love it. It's amazing. And it's a young adult book. And I think there's sometimes people, or at least adults, um, think, oh, it's a young adult. It's not for me. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's a young child. But oh my God, this book was amazing. It was. What um, is it? Let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Gilded Ones and it's by Namina Fauna. Um, and what I really loved about it, and I don't know whether it's just because I'm reading it as an adult, but there were such adult themes going on here in terms of racism, in terms of feminism and patriarchal societies, that as an adult, because I'm reading about things like that, I can pick up on and I understand. Yeah. But it's never mentioned in quite so many words in there. Right. Like our main character is outcast because she's a different colour skin, because she's slightly different than where she lives. And... She's questioning, oh, well, women can't do this and we can't do this and we have to go through ceremonies and this. And she, so she's starting, she starts to question it and it's never in so many words, but it's really, I just think it's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't spoil parts because I hate, I hate people spoiling No, parts. no, no, absolutely. But it's, yeah, no, I, I, I completely, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I bloody oh, love. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I love a, I love a book with a, a map and that's, that is odd. I think you're right in a way, like, it seems to be the books with maps are always aimed more at a younger audience. And I think that speaks to like, you know, maybe we're getting into the deeper questions here, mm. but that speaks to like humanity as a whole of, I fully think that as we get older, we do just like, Ooh, great map. Um, I think as we get older, we do, we like, we start to lose that imagination that we have as a kid. Like my imagination was mental when I was a kid. My mum, there was, a, well, I say famous, it's not famous, but it's famous in my family. But like when we were kids, we went on a, because I grew up, you know, I, I grew up in the Highlands of Scotland, which only fueled my imagination as well, because it's literally like living in Middle Earth. Um, of course, yeah. And, and then we'd like, you know, go away to the West Coast and you'd see all the islands or wherever. And wherever we went, I'd just pick up a stick and it would be like some sort of weapon or something. And mm. I remember doing it once and I'd just be bashing trees or whatever and then, my mum, for some reason, started calling me Stagwaz the Brave, and it became a bit of a joke of, like, <laughs> I was called... amazing. Yeah, and they started... Because, like, that means literally, like, deer piss, Stagwaz. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I was, yeah, called Stagwaz, and, it, and it's well funny. <laughs> now I say that, that's a pretty stupid name, isn't it? <laughs> but, but that was... Oh, Nikki's gone. Sorry, everyone. Oh, but that okay, became... Okay. Um, that became... And that was my imagination, and I'm kind of, like... I don't know. I feel like reading in the last six months has almost brought it back. I, I mean, I, I like to think I've kept it quite a lot mm. and I'm still like such a closet nerd. I, I fucking love that stuff. Like yeah. me and me and Alex Bruce, who you know as well, we will sit there for two hours and talk about the political structures of Westeros. But then when it comes to talking about Brexit, I'm like, not interested, mate. I don't know. <laughs> you know? But I think people think that's stupid. People are like, why bother and all this? And I'm like, well, it, it seems it seems sad. You know, it comes back to what everyone says of, you know, people die at 25 and are buried at 80. You know, people like you just they just stop being you stop being a kid. You just stop having fun. And I think that's the death of a lot of people, isn't mm. it? When you stop having that imagination. Totally. 
I think it's really interesting, especially with when we were saying people uh, opening businesses through lockdown. I think for me, certainly high school and sixth form, while I'll talk very negatively, it was fine at the time. I've got some great people that I still know and still connected. Be- possibly because it was so- it was a girl's school and I, I'm not typically girly and pink if we ignore the pink in the background. Um, <laughs> I didn't fit that cliche of want to make a fuss, want to do my hair and do all this. So yeah. uni, while it was the other end of the spectrum doing engineering was all guys, yeah. it felt it was a time to go, oh, I can be me. I don't have to conform now. And I think actually maybe lockdown's done that for a lot of other people. They've gone, right, let me reassess. Yeah. I think I can be me. And I think maybe society's just becoming a bit more open to a lot of things. So I think those, you say the inner nerd, I love that as a phrase, because <laughs> I totally agree. I love I love that. I think but it's just getting excited about a specific topic, isn't it? It's well, I think so, yeah. And I, yeah, I think you're totally right. You're totally right as well as, yeah, especially, you know, over the last year and things, I think people have realised like, yeah, fuck it. I really like Star Wars. I'm going to I'm gonna buy a Star Wars T-shirt and I'm going to wear it because I don't care. And yeah. do you know what I mean? Whereas before they'd have been like, no, I can't, you know, they people feel like they have to hide that bit or like, you know, oh, uh, I put my headphones in when I'm on the tube because I'm actually listening to a book, but I want people to think I'm listening to music or, you know, I, I don't want to sit with a book. I, I'd rather, you know, and it's, it is these things and, that may sound really trivial, but I genuinely think there are a lot of people that think that, and it doesn't have to be just reading because that's what no. we're talking about today, but anything, it's anything it's any hobby and passion. Yeah. It's being able to be yourself. And I think society's helping and we're growing as a world, as a community. Absolutely. And it's, that's probably very easy to say as to white people here saying that we're probably from very similar privileged backgrounds, upbringings and lots of things like that. But yeah. I feel like society is becoming slowly more progressive that, or maybe it's just with age and we're going, I don't care what you think anymore. I'm going to be me and not. Well, I think, I think as well, in, in terms of, you know, going back to like kind of fantasy and, and you know, closet nerd and, and all that stuff. One, it's, I think the culture has shifted as well because of things mm. like Game of Thrones and, and, Marvel. and Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. And, and suddenly it's like, well, you know, Marvel run the run Hollywood now. It's like every actor wants to be a superhero and stuff. And you'd like, when I was a kid, that that didn't happen really until I was a teenager and the first sort of Batman yeah. Begins came out and, and all that stuff. But, you know, th- things like that, suddenly it's like liking all that stuff is cool. And yeah. I'm like, damn, when I was a kid and I was like obsessed with Lord of the Rings and stuff. And like, you, I knew that all the popular kids also loved Lord of the Rings and they just wouldn't, they were like, yeah. oh, no, it's uh, all hobbits and that. No, I just go play football. And I'm like, you think it's cool, don't you? You just don't <laughs> want to say it. You know, it was, it was quite funny. Yeah. Um, and I remember me and my friends were like, no, I, I absolutely love that. You know, it's, um, and I don't know, I, I'm kind of thankful now that I, that that was what I did. And I kind of, I think it's my mom as well. My mom was always like, just, just do you mate. Just, be, you know, don't, yeah. don't, she kind of gave me that confidence, I think, to be like, yeah, you know, listen to whatever music you want, you know, go and watch that. Yeah. If you want to wear a Star Wars t-shirt to school, like wear a Star Wars t-shirt to school. And I was like, yeah. okay. Totally. You know, I- I'm the exact same. Great support network of parents. Yeah, I think it that allows you to breathe and be yourself, which is lovely. Absolutely. In in terms of um, it's really interesting what you said earlier as well about uh the the mental health side of it. You know, with with overthinking and things like that. That's definitely something mm. that that really resonates with with me as well. I I have a very busy brain, mm. um, and unfortunately, it's you know I think it's something, something I've learned to do and something a lot of us have learned to do is try and live in the present, especially now because it's so difficult to plan anything at the moment. 
But I think a lot of people are always thinking about five or 10 steps ahead of where they actually are. You know, before they've started a business, they're already thinking, right, well, what am I going to do with the money I make from it? And it's like, right, well, take it back. You know, one, yeah. I, I, quote, I quote Tyrion Lannister, one game at a time. <laughs> something, something I say, I think I've actually got a, yeah, I've got a rock. My mum wrote it on a rock. <laughs> for me. Yeah, one, one <laughs> game at a time. Um, and that's something yeah. that's something big. And, and, and like you said, and, and also on top of that, finding something that you can do that takes you out of your day for half an hour, anything. And I talk about it a lot, you know, by my history with um, with windsurfing and, and being in that industry. And that very much is that thing for me. And then more recently, more recently, um, Brazilian jiu jitsu has become that thing for me. But I also yeah. think having something. And while there are huge benefits of doing something physical as well, I think having Absolutely. something having something that isn't physical is also really valuable. Something that you can just completely relax because otherwise there's a certain pressure attached to a physical activity, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And if yeah. if you've got something that you, you you love, you know, like reading, you know, that does take you out of your day, that doesn't require you to go and run around and do stuff for half an hour. Because let's face it, we don't always feel in the mood to do that, do we? Absolutely. You know, like <laughs> I, right today, I've got Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I did the same. So my, the thing that I found, I knew I've always been a reader. So that's always I've known. I've never quite clicked that it was a, t- it was a brain switch off until probably over lockdown. I didn't realize how much it had helped me. Mm. But before lockdown, I salsa dance and I love it. And I found that that's, I'm not fit. I've, I did um sort of kickboxing as I was younger, but recently I've never been that into. Sp- Sports, but salsa clicked something for me. I love it. It stops me thinking. It stops me thinking yeah. because if you think about anything but, you're going to kick yourself. You're going to trip yourself under. You're going to stand on your own toe. My God, it hurts in heels. You know, so, and I love that. But then lockdown, you go, oh, I can't dance anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, totally. I think the physical uh, sort of brain shut off is great and totally brilliant for so many other things. But then actually. Reading's almost an exercise for your brain if you look at it the other way. You're stretching well, muscles. You know, there's lots of different things there. And like memory, for instance, your memories from reading, I've seen studies and brilliant things on it, from reading and sort of consistently reading, your memory's getting better. And it's sort of, there's some studies that sort of hint it's putting off Alzheimer's. And we don't have to go into miserable death stats, but put, you know, putting off the effects no, no, no. of Alzheimer's because the m- muscle you're using in your breast, I think muscle, the area in your brain that's remembering things where every time you put you close a book assuming you don't read a book in a go every time having to remember where you left off and granted you know that's going to be hopefully maybe at the end of a chapter but you've got to remember what happens in the rest of the book otherwise you'd have to read it for the start every time so you're constantly sort of picking out and going back into long-term memory and try you know it's, yeah. it's interesting from that point of view as well yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I mean, please, please go go into that if you know. If you, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's like that yeah. is that is such an such an interesting point, and I think you know, I, I swear, I've definitely look. There, there's a reason all of our parents, or you know, most of our parents were like, "Come on, read when you're a kid." You know, there's a reason why we were pushed to read rather than look at screens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think there's. And I mean, maybe I'm contradicting myself on just saying that, but do you remember when like the Nintendo DS was out and they had that brain training game and it was all things like that, you know? <laughs> and it's, I remember my mum was obsessed with it and things. My, my mum is a huge reader. She, she'll go on holiday for two weeks and read 24 books. She'll read, you know, it's ridiculous the amount she reads. She's my kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, that's, that's like her thing and, and she loves it. And 
she's a big proponent of that. She's like, I, you know, I think it genuinely does make it, and it, it makes complete sense. It, everything yeah. you said there makes complete sense of like, and it's not like going back, you know, maybe, maybe I'm repeating myself, but it, it's not like um, watching a TV show or anything like that, where you've got a recap at the beginning, or I think there's a difference between um, that because it's visual, because it's visual and you're looking at, you know, the actors and, mm. and whatever doing it. Whereas a book, you have to kind of make it up in your own brain as well. So you have to plug into that part of your brain as well to go, okay. right, what did, what did it all look like in my brain? And now we can carry on reading, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I, and then the more you read, the more you're using that muscle. So your memory in other parts of your life gets better. I, I want to test this and I'm not sure how. I'm, my partner's not a big reader. He started and he does a little bit, but like not to the extent that I do. And I'm sure I've got a better memory than him. We've grown up similar. We've both done uni, you know, and exams and sort of similar, I'd say similar intelligence. Whatever. But I swear to fuck, he is useless at remembering where he's put things down. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if anyone can think of some sort of test that I can start doing and testing on him. But I, honestly, I swear it's true. It's great for memory. It's great for so many other things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Really interesting. It kind of, it kind of, I do wonder whether the, because there's definitely a capacity to our brains, isn't there? So I wonder, mm -hmm. you know, what, what goes, it's always the kind of big things that are put to the fore, but at the same time, there are really strange things. Like when I think back to it now, like I don't really remember Lord of the Rings. Obviously I know the movies, you know, like I could literally mm. recite every single one right now, but <laughs> the, the, the books, I, I remember the extra bits that the books did that the films didn't, but mm. I can't remember where it, I couldn't, I couldn't write you a synopsis now of any of the books and things like that. And it's been, you know, it's been a long time. It's been 10, 13, 14 years since I, um, since I kind of, you know, probably since I probably last read them, I, I would like yeah. to read them again, actually. Um, but it, I'm sure that it's in there somewhere. If I was to sit and really get grilled about it, I reckon it would come up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's so. I don't want to say it goes in. I'm I'm very stupid, and I could be chatting complete shit here for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> but you know, I do I do wonder how much I do wonder how much of this information, I suppose, uh, actually ends up in kind of like your subconscious and things like that. Especially when it comes to reading those kind of self help non fiction books, where that's mm. the kind of that's the kind of book you you go right. I want to take stuff away from this. You know, reading like. James Smith's book, I saw you've got Atomic Habits um, in yeah. the picture you sent me earlier. You know, books like that where you're like, I'm reading this to try and better myself. You know, I do wonder how much of that information is actually retained over the course of however long. Or are they like, right, you should read this once a year kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go back a bit, talking about films and movies, fil films and books and how they... Always happy to talk things. about them. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. And I want to find something sort of official rather than just what I think but I think that's really interesting when you read it when you read the book you've got this in your head of how these characters look how every how your scenery looks and then you, the film sort of overrides it and I, I don't know why I don't know whether it's because it's more vivid because it's more visual because it's just in your head and you're sort of imagining it rather than physically seeing it in front of you because it's more yeah. vivid maybe but I totally feel the same totally feel the same Lord of the Rings I read when I was young, I haven't read them back and I want to read them mm. back again. I love the films, I think they're brilliant. They are wonderful pieces of art. But, and I remember them and I remember this, I remember some of the songs, like I, I was watching someone's stories and I remember the, the songs that are in them and I go, oh, of course I recognize them. And you go, hold on, they're not in the book. Why on earth do I recognize them? That was 20 years ago I read them maybe, but yeah, yeah it's sort of sparks things. So I, I 
I'm, I'm with you there. Something and as well, I wonder... Changes, definitely. With, with fiction as well, I wonder whether... Because I'd seen the first film and then I read the books. I'm fairly sure while I was reading them, I was like, ah, Frodo, I know what Frodo Baggins looks like. Or, ah, Aragorn, I know exactly what Aragorn yeah. looks like. So that part of my brain didn't have to... In that My imagination didn't have to invent that. But at the moment, I'm reading June. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've read June by Frank Herbert. It's like the original sci-fi fantasy book. June, um, yes, I've heard of it. I've not read it. Yeah, well, anyway, the film, the film of that is coming out in September. Um, and... Because I'm, I've watched the trailer for that. But when I read it, I don't picture what I've seen in the trailer because I don't think I know enough about it. So it's really exciting because it's not happened to me for a long time where I've read a book and then there's a film about it come out. I don't think that happened since uh, the traumatic experience of watching Aragon when I, when I, when I, about 15 years ago. I'm still not over that. Um, that you know that that broke my heart. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. I love yeah. Aragon. Oh, I lit- uh, sometimes the films just butcher it and it's horrible. Yeah. And it- because you imagine them and you go, you then you imagine them, you read this great series that is so oh, captivating. And then you watch it and you go, this is nothing like I imagined. You've yeah. messed out this, you messed out this. That was so interesting. He looks nothing like that. And uh, yeah. Com- yeah, completely changed so, it. They butchered it. So there's, there's yeah, there's that. that yeah, I'm glad, mm. I'm glad you're, you're familiar with that as well. So for Hopefully. me, it's, it's really exciting because at the moment it's exciting, but also like, I will admit, I do find it a bit kind of exhausting sometimes. Like sometimes I'll listen to Dune, but and Dune apparently is, you know, uh, it's like it's a bit like Lord of the Rings. It's dense. Uh, there's mm. a lot. Of, there's a lot to know and a lot of reading and all this. But um, I do find myself sometimes I'll get five minutes into listening into it and I'll be like, nope, I'm not listening to this. I can't. You know, is that is that something you find as well, or you know, from from your sort of followers as well? Do you guys? I know you put a post up the other day saying you completely stopped reading it, and that's that's something different, but. Sometimes I'm like, I want to give this what it deserves, but I'm like, this isn't the type of escapism I'm looking for right now, if you know what I mean. So that's something I call mood reading, and it's literally picking up what you feel like reading at the time. I mm. tend to flick between fiction and nonfiction, um, right. sort of one at a time, or I might have two or three on the go because it depends on what I want to read and how I'm feeling. If I've had an exhausting day, I do not want to read something that is heavy in fact something that is absolutely miserable and just grim to read necessary and want to learn I'd rather pick up something that's quite easy that doesn't have to hold so much attention like I'll say rom-com you know contemporary something that is you know from the start they're going to get together it's lovely it's going to have a happy ending that's going to be easier to consume than perhaps something on psychology where it's talking about the inner brain you know there's I think it's mood reading and that's totally a thing and yeah, that's, that's totally fine. That's well, true. It's totally fine. Don't yeah. not butch, do not beat yourself up if you are halfway through your book and you go, well, either, even just part with your book and you go, I can't concentrate on this. It mustn't be a good book. No, just put it down. Read something else if you want, or don't read something else. Just leave it. Yeah. You know, and come back to it. And the same with not finishing books. If there's stuff that you don't, if you're not enjoying a book, you're not going to enjoy it anymore by not yeah. finishing it. You know, there's no need to beat yourself up. There are so many incredible books out there. Come at me go into my DMs and let me help you find something great. You know, um, don't beat yourself up. There's, yeah. there's, there's books on your bookshelf that have been there for 10, 15, 20, 30, however many years, there's probably a reason you haven't read them yet because maybe they're not the ones you really want to read. Yeah. You know. What about, um, yeah, you made a really good point. <laughs> you made a really good point there about, um, you know going on to that kind of fiction non-fiction and and yeah i like i like that i like what you call it mood reading 
Um, something I've actually found really difficult, and it's something I've been really vocal about on the podcast, and I've been very honest about it, is I don't really listen to any other mental health stuff because I yeah. find it I find it really overwhelming because I've got my brain and what I think, and I've got my sources that I get my wisdom from, or whatever mm. you'd you'd call it. Um, but even for example, like I'm a huge uh, fan of James Smith. Like me and me and me and Bruce as well, who's on the podcast as well. I I take a lot of inspiration from him and what he's done and the way he lives his life. I I really align myself with the way he does it. Of mm. like, stop thinking that you need to buy a house to be successful. Like, just fucking have fun and all that. And I'm like, well, as a man who travelled the world for ten years and didn't really get paid anything, I completely agree with him. Um, mm. So. I, I love that. But then listening to his audiobook, I listened to it and I'm like, I, I've still got like half of it to go and I downloaded it months ago. Because is this the I, mental I, health one? The second one? Yeah, not yeah, yeah. I didn't read not a diet book because yeah. without maybe this sounds really cocky, re, really cocky, but I, I don't I don't need to read that one. I'm not I'm not I'm not on a mega diet, I'm not trying to lose weight or anything. And I felt yeah. like that one wasn't for me, but not a life coach felt like, oh, this is something really cool. And and it was really good. And I was like, I listened to it, but I think Bruce said it perfectly when I was telling him this. He was like, it's just nothing you haven't heard before. I'm and really I'm glad like, you said that. Yeah, maybe it is that. But right. I've struggled with other yeah. other kind of books like that as well. I, I just find it a bit overwhelming. And I end up, and this is something really bad that I do. I end up comparing myself to them. I end up mm. being like, oh, James Smith has got a book. Why don't I? Well, you know, I, I it ends up almost having the negative effect for, for me rather than going, oh, this is a great lesson. I'll take it. I almost find podcasts are more valuable for me finding that rather than audiobooks. Interestingly enough, that's um, yeah. yeah, but that's 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 been my my experience. Is that is that something you've come in? Is that something you've come into contact with before? Or what, what's your experience with that kind of fiction, nonfiction side? We talked about fiction a lot. Yeah, so I'll comment on the James Smith stuff because I was part of his academy. I think I'd I'd like oh, cool. what he talked what he talked about a lot. Um, he's got a very no bullshit stance on a lot of stuff which for a lot of people is very different than what they've been uh oh yeah than what they've heard before exposed that's the word (laughs) (laughs) you know so there's a lot there's a big pull to him for a lot of people and that's great um he also says some funny stuff every now and again you go oh no you're fine you understand where he comes from but to an extent there's so i don't disagree with him with that there's yeah the not a red not diet book um for me, that was nothing new because I'd followed him for a little while and I yeah. sort of learned that going through anyway. But as a book, very accessible for someone that's learning new. Great, fine. Yeah. It's not the biggest piece of science out there. It's not the biggest dive, but it's it's cutthroat. It's to the point. This is that. With not with um not a life coach, I I felt the exact same. That it's nothing new. It very much touches on lots of different things, but it doesn't delve into them anywhere near enough. And I don't. <clears> I questioned whether it's just because I've been reading more about lots of these different things that it just wasn't enough. It was a very good overview, but it's like you, you mentioned one thing and you're like, oh, I'd love to know more about that. But it's, there's like a paragraph and that's it kind of thing. It moves on, which yeah. is fine because maybe that's what he wanted to do with it. It was an overview to go, look, there's lots of things here, take what you need from it. But yeah, it, it wasn't enough for me, to be honest. I think, it's, um, I think, I think to be yeah. honest, sorry, sorry, Nikki, I think for you, for you as one of, you know, you said you were part of the academy, so you're very familiar with it as well. Myself, I think from, I feel like an arsehole every time I say this, but like the way I've lived my life for the last 10 years, uh, doing seasons and all that stuff, mm. I don't 
I didn't feel I needed the wisdom he was giving there of exactly. like quit yeah. you're doing and follow your passion and all this. And I'm like, well, I kind of, I can't, that's what I've been doing, yeah. you know, and then quitting exactly. my job and all that stuff. I'm like, I, and, and Bruce summed it up perfectly. He was like, this book isn't, he just said, he was like, it's, it's nothing. We, we don't need to hear it really. It's not designed exactly. for It's us. not for you. You're not the target audience, which is fine. And there's going to be so many things that are like that, that you know, and that's yeah. totally fine. You read it, you go, eh, not for me. Fine. Yeah. In terms of, the other part, sorry. So yeah, totally agree with that. There are some books that you'll read and you just go, I don't get the hype around it. It's, but it's probably because it's not for you and that's totally fine. You know, yeah. each book, when authors write books, they're going to have a target audience. You know, your rom-coms just being incredibly sexist. They're probably more veered towards women yeah. because that's what we know women like to read a lot of. Mm. You know, there's, there's, I, th- I think that's fine. And like Not A Diet Book was aimed at people, not necessarily men or women there, but people that had been fed a lot of misinformation. Fed is a good word there. Um, fed a lot of misinformation and maybe the second one was more for his followers that wanted a bit more of that I don't know so yeah I I feel the same with that it wasn't for me it wasn't enough yeah in terms of overwhelming and mental health (laughs) stuff I think it's really interesting um to say about that because I think when I was trying to find books that focus and especially fiction actually I know you've asked about non-fiction but especially fiction that focused on mental health I think it's it can be overwhelming to read a book that is just on mental health because it can be, it's quite an experience. It's quite, oh, I say traumatic, that might sound a bit... Um, no, but it's true, it is. But it is, it's quite, because you involve yourself in that book because you live that character's life, it's quite traumatic. You take yeah. the empathy you get, and it's def- that's another study of how great reading is for empathy, but you take on their emotions and it's it, that's a heavy read, mm. certainly. You know, So I think that's quite, that, that's quite, quite demanding. And especially if it's the end of the day, you've had a hard day at work or with whatever, that's not something that you're going to want to pick up. You know, you don't need that <clears throat> on top of everything else telling you this is <clears throat> it. In terms of comparison, yeah, totally agree. It's so easy to compare yourself to, ah, this is how you do this. And this is how, you know, this is your perfect life, Atomic Habits. This is how you do this, this and this, which is fine. And it's good. You know, Atomic Habits is a great book for yeah. sure. But life's a bit messier, you know. And I think I think, I think with a yeah. lot of things like that, you have to take them with a pinch of salt because yeah, you can spiral and it can make your mental health worse because you go, oh, this is too much. There is, you know, there isn't one solution for everyone. Mental health hits us all differently, doesn't it? You know, and for different reasons. So there's reading books about it. Definitely, you know, it might help. You might not take everything, but it might be a couple of sentences or a paragraph that go, aha, okay, that might help me. Or I understand why I'm doing this. And there might be some small takeaways, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. You you couldn't, yeah, I couldn't have said it any, any better myself as well. You know, it's every, that's why I think perhaps I don't, yeah, maybe that's why I find, you know, books quite difficult. At the end of the day, it's not like they can write a book for everyone, is it? You know, it's not, it's not a personal book just for you. And it's great that some people pick it up and it resonates and they go, oh my yeah. God, I feel like this has been written for me. But I would, I do wonder if, you know, for these kind of nonfiction self-help, this book will save your life kind of thing um yeah. i do wonder how many people marketing ploy yeah. yeah well for every for every person that reads it that goes oh i love this this is exactly what i needed i wonder if there are other people a bit like myself or you know that kind of read it and go uh this is you know you read it and it's good and i recognize that there's some good lessons in it but at the same time you're like oh this is a bit overwhelming i'm like i'm i'm just trying to figure stuff out it goes back to what i say about one game at a time you read that yeah. for me it's just it's just complete overload of information and you go absolutely yeah 
I'm not sure how much of this is actually like for me. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, and that's absolutely the, the thing with nonfiction, isn't it? It's there maybe perceived as more educational content. Yeah. And overload of facts and constant intake. And definitely some books are like that. Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep is hard science. My God, that takes a while to get through. It's a great book. It's so interesting, but it is heavy and it just takes time to get through it. Whereas nonfiction, that's also perhaps um, a memoir, it's slightly different. It's yeah. slightly easier to consume. So there's, yeah, totally. I, I think uh, I've forgot what the original question was. But yeah, nonfiction, they can definitely be quite, yeah, um, scary and overwhelming if they are. Just Absolutely. Thunderous amounts of facts and hard facts and nothing there, definitely. What were your, um, some, something I was really, really wanting to, to ask you about actually for this podcast. <laughs> um is what what are your thoughts about you know in the last year and things reading reading has had a bit of a resurgence i think i don't know whether it's just because i'm i'm kind of involved you know because i've got the podcast and i'm kind of in that mental health space so maybe i've just got maybe i'm just more aware of it if you know what i mean maybe mm. my spotlight is shining on that that side at the moment it's but, in your echo chamber yeah but that's the best word for it that's the one um you know, maybe, maybe that's what, that's why, but I do feel like reading in general, suddenly everyone's doing it and, and particularly that nonfiction, everyone, and, and maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's partly my, well, not my fault, because I don't have that much of an influence, but, you know, being another mental health podcast that everyone else does, you know, of having people on and talking about learning lessons and better in your life and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I wonder what you think about, firstly, about is reading having a resurgence? And secondly, do you think that is, positive or negative given everything we've just talked about um when it, you know given that suddenly people feel they want they're like oh, i want to read but they feel pressure to read a non-fiction book or something like that rather than go i just really want to read a book about dragons you know um, yeah i yeah i'm really glad you asked that so let me do the the resurgent thing first so i think I think lockdowns helped. I think lockdown forced people to slow down. And I think yeah. lockdown gave, especially those that were unfortunate enough to lose jobs or were furloughed, gave people a lot more time that they yeah. almost didn't know what to do with. And reading is something, if you've got, for example, books on your shelf, is relatively accessible. Audio books are brilliant because as we only had one walk a day, you could mm -hmm. listen to an audio book on your walk. So I think that's helped a lot so I think lockdown started a lot of people reading again because for lack of anything else to do yeah <laughs> you know that slowing down sort of reminds them oh yeah I do quite like reading actually maybe I'll, maybe I can do this in my time um I think over the past couple of years independent bookshops have bloomed people right. stop wanting to buy from Amazon and want to support yeah. local communities so I think that's had a big impact um I always find it really interesting that when Kindle came out and e-readers came out everyone thought the books were going to die yeah. out, but it's not the case. Book sales are just keep increasing and or steadily increasing. They're not going down at all, which I think is brilliant. Um, there's something, the there's something, but, you know, there's something so much, yeah, it's yeah. holding there's a physical really part. nice about holding a book, isn't there? There's something. Yeah, totally. So I think there's, I'm not wanting to buy from giants that yeah. you can't see in your community. I think that's had a help. Um, yeah. Holding a physical book is so much, there's so much emotion attached to it you know yeah, e-readers are great for holiday if you're going to read 20 books and it's easy so i can't bash them for that but i absolutely need a physical book i need to smell it i need to feel it i need to throw <laughs> across the room where it's upset me you know um so yeah i think 
lockdown has helped i think the rise of the high street that you know high streets are closing down but i think they're coming back and libraries let's mention libraries because they are incredible resources and maybe it was just my viewers growing up they were sort of dingy old places when i was younger but they are these some of the things they have on nowadays with talks and so such amazing um ranges of books and they're so accessible to a lot more people so mm. it's it's such a privilege to be able to buy and read as I do and I'm well aware of that so let's just shout to libraries as well you know there's lots there's lots of things like that I think have helped people I think lockdown was the big one especially this last year um mm. and maybe part of that not being afraid to be yourself and going I like reading I'm gonna do it yeah um 50 Shades of Grey definitely helped a lot of older women go, I like reading about sex and that is totally fine. You know, I'm not ashamed about this, which is brilliant because 50 Shades of Grey, that's another story for another day. But, you know, people being less concerned with what they're going to be judged, oh, people being judged less, I guess, or feeling like they're going to be judged less. So I think that's mm -hmm. all get into it. But in terms of the fiction and nonfiction, I think there's a huge, uh, I think there's a lot of people that read both. Don't get me wrong, but then there's a lot of people that are stuck in one camp, either fiction or nonfiction. Um, the people that are stuck in nonfiction, perhaps, and I might be assuming a lot here, maybe haven't read as a young as when they were younger, so maybe didn't, or maybe did, but not to the same extent that a lot that people did and really loved reading. But so now they feel like they want to start reading because it's a good thing and they know it's good for them and actually you can learn a lot and. I think people miss education every now and again. And I think nonfiction does that. You can yeah. learn and it's, it's at your own pace. Um, so I think that people in nonfiction go, oh, well, I want to be learning. There's no point to reading if I'm not mm. learning. Mm. But then actually the lessons you learn from fiction are huge. Like empathy is a huge one. Empathy is, I'll, I'll bang on about this. The amount of empathy you learn from reading fiction, from being in someone's shoes, from experiencing what they've gone through is massive. You know, you really are, pulled straight into that world into that character's feelings um so yeah i, I there's arguments for both sides i think non-fiction readers pick up a fiction once in a while you still will learn things it's not quite as obvious it's not pointed out to you in bold bullet points this this and this but you'll learn so much and i think that really helps with development and i don't just mean as a you know from young people's age and children's age i think you can still develop them things now you know empathy is so great for relationships for listening to people Mm. so yeah i think non-fiction people need to read some fiction and i think people that are sat in the fiction camp because they don't want to read non-fiction ever because it is just education and it's scary there's there's a lovely crossover in between that it's not so scary non-fiction yeah and this is what i'm here to do um, <laughs> but yeah I, I think there's definitely a bit of, i don't know if a stigma is the right word but there's a bit there's definitely two camps you know and there's people in between by all means but there's people that will not read fiction because they would feel like they have to learn something and that's just a bit miserable feeling you have to do something because of judgment because of whatever and yeah maybe there is still a bit of judgment around reading fantasy and oh that's a bit childish isn't it wanting to make up but then you go no look at game of thrones that took off massively yeah. you know and that's like i haven't read it yet i'm so sorry i haven't read it it's on my shelf <laughs> they're on my shelf <laughs> they're on my shelf to read but you know that's just proving that, pe that people can read what they want and yeah and 50 shades maybe that's another good example but, well um, yeah i mean i think i think i think you're right you know i think it's just you know people at the end of the day people just need to have the confidence to read read whatever they want and if they're not yes. i think what, from what i've taken from everything you've said um over the last hour it's that if you're it's okay to like if you're not enjoying it just just stop like because i i fully like 
I think maybe it's because of the position I'm in with this podcast and all that. I feel like as a mental health advocate or whatever you'd call me or, or you know, anything like that, I feel like I should be like, well, uh, these are some books I would recommend. I've got Atomic Habits. And this one's fantastic. And this one's great. And I don't, I don't have, if anyone's like, what do you listen to? And all this, I'm like, well, uh, I really like listening to Joe Rogan. And then I listen to a lot of podcasts about movies. Um, and then mm. I read a lot of books about dragons and spaceships. And then, you know, it's like, well, but I'm like, for me, that's what, that's what works for me. When I go for a walk, exactly. I want to listen to, I want to listen to podcasts about films. As I said, I, I love listening to, to Joe Rogan. I think, I don't know, I've just, I've just taken a lot of lessons from him in the, last, in the last year and a half. And yeah, I resonate a lot with his conversations and I love it. Um, and it but again, he, he, he does a funny one as well because he talks about mental health without ever talking about mental health. He, he has such a wide variety of people on and things like that. And I think that's something that I've really tried, started trying to emulate with the, the podcast. Well, I'm very sorry, we go completely off subject here. Um, it's fine totally. but it's something it's something i've tried to emulate a lot as well because as you said earlier as well with books about mental health sometimes they can be super heavy and to the point where actually they're oh, no longer because yeah. even even educational content has to be entertaining especially if you're totally. doing it if you're doing it yourself if you're you know if you're sitting in school or at university you're like well i'm getting this education for a reason so that i can get a job or you know get a yeah. career or a qualification but if you're like opting to read a book that's going to be education again, isn't it? Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It has mm. to be entertaining. You have to be like, this is good. I'm going to keep reading this. If it's just yeah. like, just mental health, this, and this is what happens. And this is what makes people do shit. And this, and this, it would be educational and interesting to a certain point. And you're like, this mm. is cool. This is cool. And then you're like, fuck me. I'm bored. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And that's, I think, that's totally why there's such a big movement. I mean, one thing I try and do in my boxes is try and keep both the books and the products as diverse as, and inclusive as possible because I think, and it's I've gone off slightly, but there's a reason. My no. bookshelf used to be so white and it used to be mostly male white authors, which is what publishing is and it's getting better, but that's what it was. And so that, you know, lots of, lots of things happened over the last year, which made a lot of people wake up to a lot of injustices in the world. Injustices? Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the world. So that's, there's a huge thing about reading about black joy. So not just reading books about black people and indigenous people that are miserable and traumatic and just grim, that constantly talk about the horrible, horrifying things that have happened to history, but reading about black joy, as in rom-coms that have representation of women yeah. of color that are happy because great things do happen to lots of different people. So I think there's such a push for that. And I think that's been really interesting to watch and not just black joy, but sort of every, marginalized voice you can say it's not don't just read i'm going a bit social justice sorry yeah no no i know yeah, what you don't mean. just read the things that are traumatic because that is yeah. it's it's heart-wrenching i am absolutely a crier when it comes to books and i cry at most books i read because i get that into it and maybe that's just me being ridiculous but yes. it affects some of them some books affect you so much so if you're constantly reading books that are about horrible topics and not to say that they're not necessary because absolutely to forward ourselves as society we need to learn we need to make sure history doesn't repeat itself that kind of thing sure but read some happy shit in between <laughs> you know there's nothing I almost yeah it's almost like my, my I keep saying it my rom-coms are my go-tos because and I don't care that when you start the book you know these characters are going to get together and that's lovely but almost knowing that it doesn't take the excitement away it's just 
you know it's going to be a happy book. There's going to be a twist somewhere in the middle. There's going to be some great sex. And then that's it. They're going to end happy. And that's lovely. And sometimes you need to know that it's going to end well. I think think you need that joy in books as well. And especially, yeah, yeah, if you're reading constant after constant, which might just be if you're reading nonfiction after nonfiction, which doesn't have a happy ending or have something joyful, get you excited to do something to learn more, you know, whatever, that's that's quite a miserable state to be in. And that's not going to make you want to read more, perhaps. That's going to go, oh, well, I don't want to read anymore. But there's so much more out there. You know, I think reading something that you genuinely love is so important. So, so, so important. Yeah. Well, couldn't, couldn't think of a better, better place to kind of start rounding this up on than uh, <laughs> that. Um, quickly, though, uh, Nikki, as you said, you know, you kind of do these do these boxes. Can you... Uh, just do usually I kind of ask people like what they've been watching and all this stuff because it's (laughs) quite specific with you uh, I feel like there's a better question Um, can you can you just give us a couple of a couple of recommendations of what you've been reading recently Um, so a couple do a couple of non-fiction a couple of fiction yeah hit me hit me or hit me and uh, and the readers the readers (laughs) the listeners uh, with what you've been reading okay um so I'm going to mention The Gilded Ones again, because that has just absolutely blown my mind. It's young adult, it's fantasy, it's very much about a patriarchal society, but she, that she's so indoctrinated in and about halfway through she starts to question it. But it's about the demons and sacrifices and lots and, oh my God, just, I, cool. oh, speechless. That one, absolutely. It's, when I'm talking about feminism, I'm not saying this is just for women. This is so important for guys to read as well so this is it sucks you in it's great i don't want to say any more than that because i hate spoiling it gilded one oh, no, yeah, easy read you'll read you'll dash her and she's got another one coming out next year so there's a fiction uh what else have i read recently ha huh, here's one that's a bit different it's called the black flamingo and it's by dean atter um, it's about a young queer black boy who grow you sort of follow him from the age of sort of two and three as you know as you start to sort of develop conscious thoughts up until he goes into university and he faces racism he faces um homophobia and lots of other sort of different traumas along the way but it's written in prose which is really interesting and when i say that it's not rhyming every line but there's a rhythm to it and i'll just i appreciate where (laughs) the voice and not over um oh yeah but it's not full pages of text there and there's a rhythm to it it's sort of you keep reading and you keep reading because you're going bam, 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 bam. and that's it's cool really, it's really it's really interesting i really really enjoyed that and that's without doing a plug that's why i put it in one of the boxes um because that was just so good um the rom-com side of things which absolutely is not just a female thing i'll say it again there are guys that love rom-com and will refuse to talk about it and say it it's so okay to read Contemporary romance, if that's what you like to read, do it and do it proud because it's great. Um, Talia Hibbert's um, Brown Sisters series, there's three books in there, they're all sisters, you don't have to read them all at once. Um, They are brilliant for fiction, just totally consumable, addictive, absolutely in love with the characters. That one was great. no, I'm going to have to see. I took pictures of my bookshelves because I knew I'd go absolutely blank. You I'd ask you this. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, just give it. Yeah. And, and then what, what sort of, um, given that it's been, learning, given yeah. that it's been quite a big topic of the conversation, mm. um, what, what is a non-fiction book? Like oh, one of totally. these kind of self-help books. What's one that you've read that's actually really helped you? Um, so that's really helped me. Mm. And 
I, <laughs> it's really an easy one as well. Well, no, I'll, I'll go with two actually. Um, and hopefully they're both by two white horses, but one of them is called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's a tiny little book, but it's about overcoming change and getting right. used to change. Um, I'm quite a stubborn person. <laughs> and when I plan things, things are going to happen to the plan. Because yeah. that's how I work. Yeah. And it's really, it's really easy. That, how many days? There's less than 100 pages in it. Um, but it's, yeah, dealing with change in work life and other life as well. And I thought that was just a completely different perspective. So that, that I think is interesting. In yeah, terms cool. of mental health, yeah. I really loved Matt Hayes' notes on A Nervous Planet. I really, really resonated with that. Um, if you've not been a nonfiction reader, it's quite accessible in that it's a small book, but it's short chapters. And some of them are sort of more thoughts and lists on the page yeah. rather than anything else. Um, and I didn't read it right when it came out. I've only recently discovered Matt Hague um, a couple of years ago, but there's a lot of things anxiety-wise that resonated with me. Um, and I thought that was, yeah, I thought it was really good. And then I'll do one more. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> Matt, Matt Haig is the king of anxious people, in my opinion. He, the, man should, the man should be president. He's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's a good man. Yeah. One. It's, it's a bit of an odd one. It's called What a Time to Be Alone. Um, and it's by someone called The Sunflower on Instagram. You might have heard of it. Um, or she's Chidera Egaru. And it's a lot about self-confidence, sort of owning yourself and saying, I am worth this. I can do this. It's not mm -hmm. about being single, which is why I didn't read it for ages. I'm in a very happy relationship. John, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so much about self-assurance. And again, as a nonfiction, it's totally not overwhelming because you've got great graphics. You've got not full. Oh, yeah, nice. Text, that kind of thing. And it's just that one is probably more tailored towards women. But there's absolutely not a thing that you couldn't read as a man. It's totally about owning yourself and being worthy of love and being worthy of that kind of thing and it's i really liked that as well mm. um but and then i'll do one last one the um i've read we we've always been here which is a memoir um of a queer muslim woman because samra habib which is really interesting it was i, I felt like it was fiction and it absolutely isn't because it's someone's life and that sounds wow. a bit funny to say but um she's a queer woman who grew up in pakistan and immigrated to oh god i can't remember whether it's north america or canada now I think it's Canada. That's awful. It's either one. She immigrated across the world to escape uh, with her family to escape horrible things happening. And the Muslim community doesn't <laughs> isn't terribly happy about uh, queer people. So she's got this constant fight. And you see you sort of see hints of it from when she's a young age. It sort of follows her as she grows up. Um, and it's really interesting to see that internal discussion and that she has with herself, that she has with her family, that she has with her sexuality. She sort of figures out who she is, I guess. Yeah. But <clears throat> exploring so many things, there's religion, there's, yeah, there's sexuality, there's race, there's lots of, there's, there's so many themes in there. And it's just, again, it's such a small book, which I quite like when they're small and they're not overwhelming. Yeah, that's that's something that turns me off straight away, unless it's something, unless it's, unless it's got dragons unless in it. Unless it's Game of Thrones, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel the same. I'm a big reader. I love reading, but big books, Sapiens, I've not read because the size of it. It's huge, is, yeah. I've not done it even. And books that have tiny writing as well. Yeah, total turn off. Not yeah. bought them because I know I need to read them and I want to read them, but it's overwhelming. So read something you like, read something that doesn't feel terrifying to read. Um, But yeah. Is that a few? Sorry, I've gone on a bit. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, 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 it's good. It's one of those things where it's like, 
it's so cool to see like you're you are obviously so passionate about this so it's like it's 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 really cool firstly it's always cool to talk to someone who's so passionate about what you're talking to them about and then secondly it's even cooler to know that they're like doing something with it you know um so with that in mind where where can we where can we find you where can people find if people are interested in in doing your book boxes uh, or just following you on instagram you do a lot of you know you're very active you do a lot of like instagram lives talking to people uh, not just about books but about all the issues you've, you've spoken about um yeah where where can people people find more about you and, and kind of sign up for all that sort of stuff <laughs> so i'm on instagram as the bookish mindset um, I'm also that's probably where I'm most active and if you want recommendations or help with anything or just thoughts on a book or something um, DM me on there that's probably the easiest quickest way um, I'm also on Facebook as the bookish mindset there's a page on there Twitter I'm on there but as bookish mindset because the bookish that doesn't fit um, then okay. I'm on TikTok but I definitely think I'm too old for it yeah mate. as well no got away from that um, and then the website's the bookish mindset.com as well but yeah come have a look at the website, sign up to my emails, I do a weekly email and I won't spam you, just chat shit about what I'm reading. <laughs> yeah. That's what we like here. Chat and shit is what we like here. <laughs> at the um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on. This has been, this has been awesome. Um, thank you so I hope, much too. I hope you guys uh, listening have enjoyed as well. Hopefully you guys can take some lessons uh, from what Nikki has talked about. You know, if you are a bit nervous about reading uh, or if you want to get into reading, but you're kind of, you know, uh, unsure of what, where, where to start, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, but ultimately the big thing to take away is just don't be ashamed. If you want to read a book about dragons, read a book about dragons. If you want to read a book okay. about people shagging each other, read a book about people shagging each other. If you want to read a book about anything, mm-hmm. uh, read it, you know, as well. And if, if, you, if you're ashamed of it, get the audio book and no one knows. They think you're listening to Ed Sheeran, you know. Or swap your covers around. Yeah. If you're in hardback, swap. Ah, see, this hand. is the inside insight that we're getting. Or ebooks as well. Yeah. Yeah, all... exactly. You can, <laughs> you can easily hide it. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, guys, on at the After Hours Lounge. Uh, if you go to the link in my bio there, uh, you will be able to listen on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more recently, YouTube. I am now putting videos uh, of all the episodes um, up on my newly created uh, YouTube channel uh, so you can watch there. And also via the link in my bio, you can also donate to the podcast. Um, as I've said, all this talking is thirsty work. And whilst I'm in this for the outcome, not the income, a bit of income always helps. Um, yeah, thank you so much again to Nikki. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening. And we will see you for the next one.